Here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On, it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday edition of the show. Got a fun show concept lined up for you today. Kyle, welcome. You're doing a really good job of uh, making sure that your uh, your days are straight. Uh, you notice the deliberate pause there, a mm-hmm. glance at the calendar, made sure I didn't look like a clown here to start this show today. Correct. No, you crushed it. So here's the deal, man. So I'm really fascinated. And this didn't immediately come to my attention until somebody asked me a question like, hey, all of these 2016 first rounders are traded and released. And when you look at the 2017 group of first round picks, you know, which one of them could be released or traded? You know, who could you pluck from a team that, you know, is ready to move on from their first round pick? And when I went back and looked, I'm like, wow, you're right. There's there's 38% of the first-round picks in 2016 were either released or traded before their rookie deal expired. The names of those players, Eli Apple, Jalen Ramsey, Vernon Hargraves, Laramie Tunsil, Corey Coleman, Darren Lee, Josh Dotson, Laquan Treadwell, Artie Burns, Paxton Lynch, Josh Garnett, and Robert Nkemdichi. Kyle, Four years ago, or less than four years ago in terms of when these guys were moved on from, a general manager stood at a podium and told you about how that was the best player on the board. This is going to be the new face of the defense. This is the new franchise quarterback. This is that lockdown cornerback that we needed. And they didn't even make it through their rookie deal on the team. Somewhat of a sobering thought as we get ready to introduce a new wave of first-round picks, just knowing that a lot of these guys aren't going to work out. Yeah, it's the uh, unfortunate volatility of the draft, right? And, uh, man, <laughs> get into this. Tw- 2016, it was two good football players and a bunch of bad football players. Jalen Ramsey and Laramie Tunsil, both mm-hmm. of those guys commanded multiple first-round picks and trades. So if you're going to do a trade, at least you got three years of a player and then a greater return on investment than what you took. Trying to f- swallow a pill for an Eli Apple. <laughs> they got or something a for him. Hargraves. They got something for him, at least. Yeah, some of these are worse than others. Corey right? Coleman. Corey Coleman. They got a seven from the Bills. My God, Brandon Bean. Seven. Imagine giving up a seventh round pick for Corey right. Coleman. It's hard to be too critical on some of the deals <laughs> Bean's made, but brother, that's what's fascinating is it's like uh, how varying degree, like the reasons why they moved on are, are all over the place. Some right. because they just suck, some because they had to do it. But like applying that to this 2017 group that we're going to go through pick by pick and talk about, you know, the likelihood that they could be dealt or released you know, before this year's up is really going to be fascinating. I think that there's a whole host of reasons as to why that could or could not be the case. So, so we've already had at, four. Yeah, that's exactly. 2017 first round. We've already had Gary and Conley traded Jabril peppers traded. And then I think taco Charlton and, and Ruben Foster were straight up cut, cut. again, 
big reasons, right? Differing reasons, but they didn't make it to year four or through year four with their respective teams. So So, we have those marked already. Yep. And they were all at the end of the the first round too. 24, 25, 28, and 31. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, we've got uh, 28 other picks to work through here. And knowing how we operate on this show, this is probably going to turn into six shows worth of content. But damn it, we're going to squeeze it in today. Yeah, so we're going to label each pick, Kyle and I. We're going to consider the likelihood that the team moves on for them from whatever reason. And they will either be, I can realistically see it happening, maybe, and my mind would be blown. And we'll label uh, each one of them one of those categories. So shall we? Let's start with number one. Yeah. Miles Garrett, defensive end, Cleveland Browns. This was the big to-do that the Browns needed a quarterback and chose not to draft a quarterback, instead took Miles Garrett. My mind would be blown if Miles Garrett is traded, to be completely honest, because you know the very ugly incident and suspension that he had aside, his development has been really exciting to watch as far as the diversity that he gets as a pass rusher. And he talked about during his rookie season, he was only allowed to use three pass rush moves and like dumb shit like that. So I think miles is going to be a Brown for a really long time. I think so too. Uh, if I had to bring any doubt into the conversation, it is that this new regime uh, led by Paul D Podesta. And then of course, bringing in Andrew Barry and, and them you know, just kind of doing things a little bit different again. Could they look at, you know, some type of, massive overhaul where they think about it. I think it's unlikely. My mind would be blown, but I think there's at least a very small reason to to think about it. I think Garrett has the least likely chance of getting traded of anybody in the top nine picks. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. Okay. Great. Let, let's go ahead. Transition to number two. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky, quarterback, Chicago Bears, number two overall. Kyle, you know, they really should have picked Pat Mahomes, you know? They really, really, really should have done mm. that. Okay. Yeah. We're not doing that. Um, don't. Don't. Are you kidding me? My team's the one that traded the pick that was used to take Mahomes. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Mitch Trubisky, uh, the likelihood that he would be traded or released, maybe. I, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but we wanted to make these categories very small. That way there wasn't a whole lot of room for us to like ride the fence. So I don't think my mind would be blown. Um, you know, if, if they wind up, I'm not sure what they'd get for him. I think that'd be the challenge. So it, I'll, I'll go with maybe just cause I don't think I can completely dismiss it. I agree. Um, I lean heavy towards my mind would be blown. But if Trubisky does not play the way you want him to in year four, then you're entering a contract year scenario and Chicago would have two underwhelming seasons and maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. Meanwhile, I think you've got a slam dunk proposition here with the number three overall pick. Yeah. Solomon Thomas. Uh, I th- There were rumors around the draft last year that the 49ers were shopping Solomon Thomas. And obviously that did not materialize, but I mean, Joe, this is a guy that's going to command a cap hit of $9 million this year for 
a team that has a ton of depth along the defensive line. And uh, Solomon Thomas has not really been able to consistently, he played his lowest snap percentage of his three seasons in San Francisco this past year. Uh, he had two sacks. He played 42% of the snaps. Mm. Um, it, it just does not make sense for a team that could use some cap flexibility if they want to bring back guys like Jimmy Ward. Why are you going to pay Solomon Thomas $9 million against the cap this year? It's a fair question. Um, and they they would have to eat like $4 million in dead cap space, um, which is worth mentioning. Uh, but yeah, they need that mm-hmm. space. And, you know, if they could get something meaningful back in return, that makes them feel better about, you know, kind of goofing on a top three pick then I think it's definitely a possibility. So I think we're firmly in the maybe camp here when it comes to Solomon. No, Thomas. I realistically see this happening. Oh, really? You? Ex- yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. I think so too. I think so too. I think it's more likely than not. Yes. Give right. me, give me, I can realistically see this happening. He'll right. probably uh, be a throw. He'll be a throw in, in a draft day pick swap. Like yeah. were rumored yeah. to be talking about last year. That's a good idea, especially because the 49ers pick in the first round and then they have a long wait. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Next up, we have Leonard Fournette, the number four pick in the Jag, uh, number four pick in the draft by the Jacksonville Jaguars, running back. Um, look, I mean, he's got two thousand six hundred thirty-one rushing yards across three seasons, seventeen touchdowns, thousand nine rushing or uh, receiving yards to go with it. I think, in in a lot of ways, he's been the player I expected him to be, but maybe not the player they expected to get at number four overall, the type of impact they were wanting to have. Um, I'm not sure what type of appeal he would have in a trade. They, they may just want to roll with him as their lead back. Um, I don't think my mind would be blown to see the Jaguars move on from Leonard Fournette, especially with their cap situation, if they were able to somehow get some relief on that. So I'm going to put this in the maybe camp, but my challenging piece of that is who wants him? Yeah, this is a maybe for me. This this is tough because you don't you can't pay him. Like you can't possibly if you're Jacksonville pay him a second contract with what he's going to want with your salary cap situation being the way that it is. Right? Like who's going to green like that? Especially when you think about if Jacksonville flops again this year, you may be looking at the regime change that many people felt should have happened last year with them bringing back Doug Marone and uh, Dave Caldwell to be the upper management of this football team, just having Tom Coughlin step aside. Um, I think this is a maybe, but I don't want to say I can realistically see this happening, especially this offseason. I I don't think it happens this offseason, but you know, if they exercise a fifth year contract for twenty to or fifth year option for twenty twenty one, maybe. I think maybe is the right answer. I'm with you. I have no disagreement with you. All right. Who we're up next with number five? Uh yeah, Corey or Davis. Me. Yeah. It's your it's your lead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't step on my toes, yo. Might might be. Might be. Uh, Corey Davis is somebody who has kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, obviously, A.J. Brown coming in there for Tennessee has been a big boom. 
Uh, Corey regressed this past year. He played in 15 games. He only started 11. Uh, he took about 150 less snaps than he took the year before that. But his targets was cut in half with the installation of Ryan Tannehill into the offense and uh, receiving yards took a big drop. You know, his receiving yardage dropped off by about 33%. Receptions dropped off by about 33%. Uh, the targets, like I said, was in half. If you're not going to use him, you might as well trade him uh, because there's enough promise here. And I think his his physical skill set maybe isn't super complimentary to the way the Titans play football. Yeah. Whereas I think it would have value elsewhere. So I could realistically see this being a move that happens, to be honest. What was he? He was drafted for four offensive coordinators ago or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, <clears throat> part of me would want, <clears throat> excuse me, would want to continue with him. And, you know, I, I think he's an exciting prospect and that I think he can be a dynamic playmaker. And, you know, I don't know that I would want to uh, not have that possibility under you know, my football team. But the reality is, I think they've got enough there at receiver. I think there's enough opportunities to get more at receiver. And, uh, you know, if you can get a decent return to kind of salvage a guy that maybe you don't really envision as somebody you're going to sign for a long-term deal, then you really think hard about it. So I think, did you say maybe on this? That's where we're at. I could realistically see it happening too, maybe. Because especially yeah. with this with this year's draft class of wide receivers, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you mean to tell me you could go into next year paying Corey Davis $4.1 million or just short of $4 million in cash and a cap hit of $8 million, or you could flip that and be worrying about a second contract or a fifth-year option, or you could flip that out now, why wouldn't you, in my opinion? You know, and I'm going to be a little bit more aggressive than than maybe some of the teams themselves will actually be. Uh, but just looking at this from a, you're getting close to either not getting a return on your investment yeah. at all other than the playing time that you had or parlaying it into another investment. I could realistically see it happening, but I think the realistic answer is maybe. Man, you get those those games from Corey Davis where you're like, yeah, that's why they took him in the top five. And then yeah. they're just too you know few and far between. All right, Jamal Adams, number six overall by the New York Jets. Um, man, he was on the – I mean, there was at least discussions last year about this from the Dallas Cowboys. I believe those rumors were true. I mean, there was enough people that responded to it, meaningful people, that you know, even, even the Jets, right, the organization said something about it. So I think they've, they've dabbled in the market, but if they were going to do it, I think they would have done it, right? The, the chance was there. I think the fact that they didn't do it and um, – that that they're going to keep him. So I think at this point now, given that they didn't trade him when the opportunity was right there, I'm going to say my mind would be blown. I think he's the only premier player on the Jets roster. Like legit, like premier would start for every team. And I don't know that they should be quick to move on from him. Yeah, I think there's no question. This team has cap space at their disposal. Um Jamal Adams is an excellent football player and Jamal Adams uh, has said he wants to be in New York. You know, obviously they, he was pretty frustrated at the time uh, when the rumors were swirling, but in the time sense, it, it sounds as though he, that has settled and yeah. I expect him to be there for a long time. Yep. Mike Williams, wide receiver, LA chargers. I, my, 
Mike has done a really nice job coming along. Obviously, when he first came in, there were concerns about the neck injury, and none of that really seemed to materialize uh, into to anything. And now that he's had a couple years under his belt and he's stabilized his playing career, he went up over 1,000 yards this year on Joe. How many receptions do you know? Mike Williams, uh, yeah. I, he's only has 103 for his career, so it couldn't have been that many. 49 catches for 1,000 wow. yards. Throw it up to Mike. He's open when he's covered. That's right. <laughs> and the year before that, he scored 10 touchdowns on 43 catches. So he only had like two touchdowns last year? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. So, well, bad team. You know, he played 80% of the snaps. I think the arrow's pointing up in the right direction here. He's really coming into his own as the same style player that he was at Clemson, which is – not the speediest guy, but he had good ball skills, vertically big play down the field. My mind would be blown to trade Mike Williams with the way he's trending right now. Yeah, I agree with you, especially if they're going to roll with Tyrod and it gives him a chance to, you know, reasonably use some of that deep throwing ability that we saw uh, early in his run as a starter in Buffalo. Uh, okay, this one's exciting. I've been this is the one I've been anxious to get to. Christian McCaffrey, number eight pick in the draft by the Carolina Panthers. Um, I mean, he's been unbelievable, right? Consecutive years of playing at least 90% of the snaps offensively for Carolina, a workhorse catching like a hundred balls, rushing the ball a ton, a lot of, a lot of mileage going on this young man. And this is a Panthers team that has smashed the reset button and they're talking about building and making this thing sustainable for the long haul. I'm nervous that they're going to miss McCaffrey's prime. And I'm nervous that McCaffrey's not showing up next year without a new deal. And I wouldn't blame him. You kind of piece all that together and think, maybe? And think about what they could get for him feasibly. <sighs> and, and, and if they don't, Kyle, the alternative is, is agreeing to a contract that's going to pay him 20-ish million dollars per season. And you're going to run them into the ground in three years from now. You're going to wonder what the hell happened. I think you got to think about it. Given the, the boldness of Dave Tepper. I think I would, if I was Carolina. Oh, you're taking this to another level. You're not even being predicting. You're saying, damn it, if I was Marty Herney, I'm calling and I'm trading CMC. I probably would. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. No, and he has been a phenomenal asset. But almost to the degree where you rely on him too much that it hinders your offense. You know, there's some players that are just like their volume touch guys, but because you run so much of it through them, like the whole offense gets bogged. The Dolphins were like that with Jarvis Landry. Their passing game revolves so dependently around Jarvis Landry that it's like once he left, all of a sudden other guys like get more opportunities and it's more spaced out. And McCaffrey. Are you saying he constipates the offense in Carolina? I'm saying is that his it fault, may, no, it's not his fault. And I don't think it was Jarvis Landry's fault in Miami either because Jarvis goes to, to Cleveland and all of a sudden he's putting up like an extra five yards per catch because we're not <laughs> running bullshit drag routes four yeah. yards downfield for him every play. Yeah. But it's like, it, especially with the bad quarterback play, 
these past few years when Cam has not been in the lineup, it just becomes, okay, safety blanket time, safety blanket time. You don't ask him to do anything else. It's just, all right, give it to Christian 30 times a game. And, and I, how long can you get away with doing that before paying him what he, he's worth based on his production, and then you're going to pay for it and you're going to regret it? So, I mean, I'd love him with Joe Brady, but the problem is that they just don't have anything else around him to replicate anything like the LSU offense in 2019 that can make him that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire component of the offense, right? If you had a great offensive line and a trigger man at quarterback and – yeah, you know, weapons that you felt comfortable with a deeper pool of weapons. And yeah, like, let's go. I just feel like you're just, you're nowhere near being able to maximize what he's going to be able to give you in the coming years. And you have an opportunity to not pay a running back $20 million a season and acquire very meaningful assets in return. Mm-hmm. As a team that has openly yeah. admitted that you are rebuilding. All right, Kyle, let's get to John Ross here in just a second. But first, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance to get extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. John Ross time. And color me stunned that we are going way over time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Do you want to stop today at 16? Yeah, we'll we'll do the rest of this tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Calling an audible (laughs) here. Needed it, yeah. Um, Okay, so John Ross. I, the only reason I'm going to say maybe is because who the hell is going to trade for John Ross? Corey Coleman netted a seventh round pick, Kyle. We always have to remember that. That's true. Well, <laughs> Ross might be a better player. He, well, he's a be, he's definitely a better player than Corey Coleman. Um, Ross finally got some receiving production going. Uh, he played 17 snaps as a rookie. And some of those I think were at corner. Stop. He got (laughs) Ross's first season. He had two targets in 17 snaps. Like his fumbles or something. His only touch of the ball. He fumbled and lost the fumble. Uh, So he had negative fantasy points for the year. Year one. I'm sitting here looking at a spot track profile right now. Year two in 2018, Joe, he played in 13 games, started 10, and had 21 catches for 20, or 210 yards, but somehow managed seven touchdowns on 21 receptions. But he also had seven drops. And this past year, he looked like a feasible NFL wide receiver. 28 receptions, 508 yardage. He almost doubled his yards per catch. But he had another seven drops again this year. He only played in eight games. Yeah, injuries again, yeah. Which was one of the big concerns with him. Is he's a, he was considered a fragile football player coming out of Washington. 
I would absolutely trade him. I would say maybe, though, because I don't think Cincinnati's going to be prompted to move. They're going to want to try and you know get value out of the pick that they made, and they, they're a team traditionally that doesn't doesn't pull the plug overly quick Yeah, on guys. Zach Taylor was pretty high on him going into last season too. Like, you know, there was a lot of rumblings that he could be moved going into 2019. And Taylor was like, no, we want John Ross. And well, he got the best version of him. And I don't know. I, I think the injuries are, are they're a trend, right? They're not fluky. Yeah. So yeah. that's the concern there. Um, where, where did you settle on with this? Maybe. maybe. Yeah. I think maybe is the right thing. Uh, this next one's going to be quick. Number 10, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. No. We don't have a tier strong <laughs> enough for the just, – it's just no. Just no, right? The answer's no, happen. yeah. No, the, the, the next two are exactly the same, too, right. by the way. Marshawn Lattimore with the Saints and Deshaun Watson with the Texans, no. The that should have no. been your top three picks in the draft, right? Or, you know, mix in Miles Garrett, but – we kind of went through this inventory of players. We're like, yeah, they're not that good. You know, mm, Jesus, we get to number yeah. 10 here and, and we get three picks in a row that were definitely top three, top five caliber prospects yeah, in hindsight. No question. So, no question. Did we do Deshaun Watson? Uh, because that's a no as well. That's no, a no. Yeah, yeah. Not happening. All, All right. right. So that leaves us with four picks left here. Yeah. Hassan Reddick of the Arizona Cardinals. There were rumors that he was up for trade, I think, mid-season last year. Not 2019, 2018. And Arizona really did him a disservice when they first drafted him because he came into Temple as a safety, and then he bulked up and played edge, and then he went to the Senior Bowl and he played off-ball linebacker, and they drafted him to play off-ball linebacker, and then Marcus Golden got hurt after he was practicing at off-ball linebacker for all of training camp midway through his rookie season, they put Hassan Reddick back at edge rusher and then put him back at off-ball linebacker. You could see where I'm going with this. He's <laughs> yeah. had like a really rough transition getting in the league because there was no uh, – he changed positions like six times. Um, I could realistically see this happening uh, just because we have had a coaching change – uh, with with Cliff Kingsbury, and I think they're going to make a concentrated effort to try to overhaul the defense, and if that means they feel like Hassan is replaceable, would not be surprised. I'm looking over Reddick's uh, splits last year for where he lined up, and the first 11 games of the season, he played almost exclusively at off-ball linebacker. Then he missed weeks 12 and 13. He came back, uh, and really he missed week 14 as well. He came back in week 15, 16, and 17 and played exactly zero reps at off-ball linebacker. And in week 15, 22 reps uh, on the defensive line. Sixteen, uh, Week 16, 36 reps on the defensive line. Week 17, 32 reps on the defensive line. Stop doing this to this man. I hope well, they trade him. <laughs> well, he was pretty good in, in those games where he played on the defensive line. Um Five pressures against the Seattle Seahawks. And actually, he didn't have any against the Browns or the Rams. I don't think they know what to do with him. They're still figuring it out. So, obviously, save him and move him. Right. Yeah. They're not getting anything from him. And Vance Joseph's bad coordinator. Okay. No comment, but yes. Man, why don't you? I'm very willing to jump on Vance Joseph criticisms. 
because he had the time of his life in Denver, okay? He did, and he we will always have that moment. But, man, <laughs> he was bad in so Miami. Dope. He ruined that defense pretty quickly in Denver, and he sucked last year with the Cardinals. I don't know what the appeal is. Okay, uh, what's next here? Uh, Derek, Derek Barnett. Bar- yeah, Derek Barnett, uh, number 14 overall by the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, they're doing some stuff here to clear some space, right? They just released Nigel mm-hmm. Bradham. They're in a little bit of trouble. Uh, but Bradham has kind of come along for them, uh, been a decent player. They don't have a whole – I mean, what what would they have behind them? They have like Josh Sweat and, and, and Brandon Graham, and I guess they have they got some guys. Um, I don't I don't see – I don't think they would create a hole there. I just don't. I think that they're probably happy enough with his progress. Uh, they need him to be a starter for them. Drafted what, like Sharif Miller, Jannard Avery they acquired – I don't know. I I would be surprised. I would be surprised if they were to trade Derek Barnett. Uh, mm, so is that a maybe or my mind would be blown? <sighs> yeah, my mind would not be blown. So maybe. Right. Yeah, I guess maybe is where I fall. I would be really, really surprised. I mean, he had career high totals in sacks, tackles, tackles for loss, quarterback hits. He started 14 games. He's a little dirty, though. You see all the like yeah. the late hits he had last year. Every time I watch the Eagles, he's doing some crap. Yeah, yeah. You you watched every single Eagles game. There was at least one play where Derek Barnett comes in like a half a second after the whistle, drops his head and cracks a dude in the head. I'm like, what are you Bad. doing, man? Just like yeah, chill don't, out. Don't do that. Yeah. But he's kind of a he, he's kind of the player that like the skeptics thought he was going to be, right? They said like, well, he's probably more of like a six to eight sack a year guy because he's not really explosive. He's a little bit more of a snap jumper and he's kind of a one trick pony as a pass rusher. And he's got that really nice shoulder dip and surface reduction and turns a corner on the And like, that's how he's won most of his sacks in the pros too. But it's like, there were people that thought Derek Barnett because he had these monster sack totals at Tennessee was going to be this stud pass rusher. He's kind of underwhelming as a pass rusher, to be honest. He, he's, he had a nice year this past year, but it's like, I don't really know how much better the ceiling is for him unless you get an absolute star on the other side of him to free him up for one-on-ones. If only there were some people out there that had TJ Watt as edge two in this draft. Uh, no comment. <sighs> Would have been good. All right, so where are you at? Maybe? Maybe. Okay. But I doubt it. The I mean, the last two are going to be really quick for me too. Malik Hooker at 15 with the Colts and Marlon Humphrey with the Ravens. Uh, I'm not going to say no, but my mind would be blown on both those guys. I think so too. Marlon's been great, man. Like he's really emerged as one of the better corners in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this whole, I mean, you got Marshawn Lattimore, Marlon Humphrey, Adoree Jackson, Trey white, uh, tons of guys that I'm not thinking of. This was just like an unbelievable influx of cornerback talent uh, into the league. And, and, it's going to be really interesting to see how the contract negotiations go with all of those guys. And, you know, it's like, can they all just sign the same deal? I mean, Jalen Ramsey is in this. No, he was in the year before. So he's going to, you know, be part of setting that, that new market and stuff. So the the corner market's about to get wild with all these 2017 guys that are about to get paid. Yep. So yeah, I'm firmly in my mind will be blown. I think the peak is 15 and a half million per. I think it's the peak for corners right now. If you can give me Trey White or Marlon Humphrey for 15 and a half per, like, let's get that done. <laughs> They're getting right, more yeah. than that. I was going to say, I think you could probably expect to see with the inflation of the salary cap, it's probably going to be 18, 19. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's, I mean, corner is like a premium position in the NFL right now too. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that'll be a good podcast someday. Yeah. Ranking your premium positions. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be fun. We'll do that for sure sometime. Not anytime soon though. We got, we got a lot of, a lot of stuff to get into. Yeah, like the back half of this first round. <laughs> well, that will be tomorrow. Hey, you know, if you hold us to the standard of of the first 16 and we told you that's all we were going to do, we're right on schedule. So that's going to be it for us today <laughs> on the show. We're signing off. Kyle Krasby, Joe Murno, thanks as always for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast.